Welcome to the Media Bowl Podcast. Do, 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 do. We're back. With, well, uh, it's like we said, we're going to come back. A lot more percentage than we were last week, at least for me. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you're actually healthy this time. Uh, healthier. I'm not quite 100% yet. I know. There's a little bit of phlegm that still needs to escape back there. Technically, I'm not supposed to be near you when doing this. Eh, you know, I think I'm pretty much clear. Oh, technically, you should tell people about this. Yeah, technically, you should uh, uh, tell, uh, light up the social sphere here. Let them know that we are live with the Media Boat Podcast. The Media Boat Podcast is, of course, your source for news about movies, television, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order, but sometimes in that order. You're going kind of slow there. You okay? A little bit. Yeah, I had to think. Process. That was going to be process. Oh, see, I thought you were just trying to um, give me some time here. Also, eat that. I'm, uh, also, I'm stretching. Uh, the, oh, today stretch. is January the 24th, 2018. This is episode 107. Yep, we got a live chat going. We're all doing good. Yep. Uh, we'll let them know. Yep. Letting them know. Well, while we have this little know. break here, I have a question for you. Um, I was thinking, I know, a dangerous thing. Well, you gotta have intelligent conversations sometime. <laughs> I was thinking about a possible thing we could do to shake up uh, the format a little bit, and we don't have to do it today. But I was just kind of thinking about this. What if we opened with not necessarily always thoughts, but w- maybe what if we opened each of the the segments with what we've been uh, watching or what we've been doing in each of the each of the. Um, Watching slash playing slash listening to. Uh, and have a, that as an icebreaker. I'm not against you on that. Like, I, I, I was thinking about that because it'd be a way to be a little bit more conversational rather than just immediately go right into news. But then after we're done, we can go into news. Also, it kind of eliminates the whole, like, I don't know where we put these thoughts when we bring it up, I guess, yes. kind of thing. Uh, but like I said, we don't have to really do that now because we didn't really plan for it. But maybe after after you God recover. quick. After you recover. Hello, doctors. Hey. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of recovery, next week I'm having tonsillitis. Well, he's not having no. tonsillitis. <laughs> it's, he's getting his tonsils removed. Yeah. Uh, they think those are two different things. Yes, those are two different things. Yes. I'm getting my tonsils removed, so I may not be able to talk next week. Yeah, we're going to kind of have to wing it next week. Uh, he may be here, but he might not be able to contribute. I'll be saying like one word <laughs> at a time. Yeah, or something. We don't like, know like, exactly. Very close what... to the mic or something. I don't yeah, know. we don't we'll know what status it. he's going to be in. So. Yes. Uh, yeah, get ready for a lot of my voice, unfortunately. Coming out of my mouth, though. That, that, I mean, sure, if you want to match, match me, match my lip movements, to really trip them out. Just, just like singing Who's in talking? the rain. Who's talking? I don't know. Just like singing in the rain. Yeah, just like singing in the rain. Just like singing, okay. That's how I, how I live my life. Just, just, just like singing, singing in the rain. singing in the rain. But, uh, for this week, let's just roll right into yeah. our usual format. Our usual format starts with movies, and that always starts with the weekend box office numbers. And we have uh, quite an unprecedented run here from our number one movie. Yeah, so we whiffed it this week again based of what we thought was going to be your number one movie. Uh, we thought one of the newcomers was going to uh, uh, beat the competition, namely 12 Strong, which you had specifically pointed out as the one you thought was going to be the big one yes. to beat. 
Well, 12 Strong debuted at number two because your number one movie is still Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. I, I don't get it. I, I mean, don't get it It either. came out during Christmas, and yet people are still going to see <laughs> yeah. it. My headline for the, 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 the post on the site was just, well, not the headline, but the, like, the first line of the, my text was just like, you know it's January when like a so-so reboot does as well as it's doing. Yes. That, there's nothing. There's nothing. And this is proof. And the sad part is that there will still be nothing for about another two weeks. Yeah, it's kind of dead, but it's always kind of dead in January, so no yeah. big surprises there. But yes, Jumanji is still your number one with 19 million more, adding to its grand total domestically of 316, which is a lot of money. Yes, that actually puts it at number seven, I believe, all time uh, of 2017 <laughs> domestically. That's, so it could yeah. still potentially crack the top five. <laughs> this could happen. 12 Strong, as I mentioned, debuts at number two with $15 million. Yes. Dead of Thieves debuts at number three with 15. The Post slides down to 11 million at number four. And The Greatest Showman wraps up the top five with another $10 million. I'm happy for it. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm happy for it because it didn't get any of the Oscar stuff that I thought it would get, but at least it's doing well at the box office. Yeah, so far so good. A, a nice consolation prize. But this weekend, yes. the newcomers. So or the newcomer. One. One child well, there's the one newcomer and one uh, movie going wide okay. uh, that you don't have written here, but I, I saw an ad today. All right. Uh, Maze Runner, The Death Cure, the second in the Maze Runner series. No. Third in the Maze Runner series? I believe it is the third. Okay. I thought it was only the second. I thought only one of them was made. No, no. There's the Maze Runner, and then there's The Scorched Earth. Oh, okay. And I think this is the third one. this is one. The Death Cure. Yes, I think this is the third. Well, whatever number. Uh, a new Maze Runner movie <laughs> comes out this weekend, so uh, teen heartthrobs unite. Uh, but also, going wide... This... Yes, unite if you can tell me who is the lead in that role. I, I cannot. <laughs> Shailene Woodley, I don't know. No, that's the Divergent. Oh, she's in the other one. Uh, p- 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 Zendaya. Uh, no. No, she's not in those. No, she's uh, in Spider-Man. Uh, I have no idea. I know, cause I can, I don't know either. Uh, I think it's Dylan something. Dylan Thomas. Wait, no. Uh, <laughs> I know. Bob Dylan. Somehow. No. Um. Then the other, uh, the other movie this Friday going wide from a limited release. Finally, The Shape of Water. Oh, okay. Finally goes wide wide this week. So see it to probably be in your top five next week. Uh, I think that's due to some news that Kim's gonna come out later. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk about. So Maze Runner's got to be number one, right? Something has to dethrone Jumanji, and this is, has to be it, right? 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 Do you think it can make more than $19 million? Well, that's the thing, though, is that <laughs> even even Jumanji's going to fall to, like, 10, so it's got to break 10, right? It's got to break 10. It can break 10, right? Well, it's not Super Bowl weekend, <laughs> so it very well could. <laughs> uh, sure, so let's put t- tentative Maze Runner here. <laughs> oh, God. Well, who knows anymore? Uh, right. Shape of Water may end up being number one because we wanted to see it. For all we know. For all we know. Okay, uh, moving into movie news. And uh, real quickly, oh. we're gonna go over some thoughts. See, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, you need to like indicate where these are. Yeah, we'll like put them at the bottom. Yeah. After we're done talking. So, about so this. what do you have thoughts about? So I saw two movies. I okay. saw The Commuter and I saw Twelve Strong. All right. So, you can do that every single time you say Twelve Strong. Well, yeah, every time I say 12 strong. Okay, okay. Because if you say 12 strong, you're just going to keep bugging me with 12, it's, with 12 strong. It's true. Now, this is dedication right now. Yes. This is very method. Okay, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the commuter then first, because that was So, yeah, so if you saw nonstop, this is basically nonstop. <laughs> on a plane. 
Uh, no, nonstop was on a plane. Oh, sorry. On a train. Yes. Uh, Liam Neeson plays ex-cop turned broke, uh, insurance broker who just got fired. Okay. Uh, plot point because he needs right. some money. Are there and any so, wolves on this train? No. <laughs> okay. But they do make a really obscure um, reference to the Scarlet Letter. What? Sure. Okay. Why not? Yeah. So that, that's happened. Um, also, Patrick Wilson's in it in the beginning, and then he goes away, and you're like, huh, I wonder why they're wasting that bit role. Because, you know, they don't. There's a reason big name actors, like, <laughs> pop in, and then don't you don't see them until, like, the end. So, that being said, there's nothing about this movie that is remotely interesting <laughs> or fascinating. <laughs> that needs to be a poster quote. <laughs> there's nothing in this movie that is remotely interesting. <laughs> um, other than Liam Neeson basically going yelling at random people, saying "What? Where? Where's the thing? Where's the MacGuffin? Are, are you the MacGuffin?" Yeah. Ah, oh, that sounds terrible. It, it it kind of is, and I thought it, I thought it would be better <coughs> because you know Liam Neeson gonna do old man on the yeah. badass shit. Right, that's what stay is now. But no, no, this is as if someone took. Um, non-stop, set it on a train, and then lazily wrote stuff around what he's doing and explaining it step-by-step what he's doing. It's Uh, bad. Yeah, well, that's a disappointment. It's not even like a fun, like, (laughs) oh, I'm just gonna... (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry. There was somebody at a sign at this LA Kings game that said, Dowdy eats Tide Pods. (laughs) Why? Because it's 2018, that's why. Sorry. That was very distracting. Anyway. Anyways. Um, yeah, there's nothing interesting about this movie. I mean, there's stuff that could have been interesting, but then it gets blown up with a runaway train and then a standoff at the end. and It's just very muddled. And then when you start to like piece it together, like the mystery of it all, it's just like, why? Huh? And then you just go, just it just falls apart and crumbles. It's not worth your time. Not even worth like a... Oh, like I remember this movie. Let me watch it on Netflix. No, just just avoid it at all costs. Which seems like <laughs> most people are doing. As it dropped from third from uh, number thirty to number seven this week. Yep. But then uh, twelve strong. So yeah, what about twelve strong? Uh, this is an interesting movie because it comes because it's from a first time director. Yeah. Wait a minute. Sorry. Did you did you give our patent and media vote scale? Oh yeah, I said void at all costs. Void at all costs. Okay, so that's that's yeah. Skip it. Yeah. If you didn't get that. Yes. But twelve strong. Okay. Yeah, twelve strong. Um, this is a first time director. He's only directed one other thing. Uh, it also comes from Jeremy Bruckheimer. Yep. Um, who does really who I, I love as a producer because he does <coughs> really well done um, story driven. Pieces? But story-driven blockbusters. Let's not... Yeah. Let's not go... Let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. Yeah. story-driven blockbusters. Which, the which works. way. Which works. And, um... This... I've, you know, this being the first uh, story... The first uh, declassified story about what's going... About the war in Iraq and the first team to go in there against, um... You know, the, the terrorists. Because it starts right. off with the whole uh, 9-11 montage before... Yeah. Before he gets into, all right, we're armies, we're going to go in there. Um, that being said, first time director, I give him a pass on a lot of stuff. But a lot of stuff in the first half works. 
I like a lot of stuff that he did in the first half of this movie. Uh, it's very well done. It's very, very uh, it drives the characters, makes you care about them. I want to see more Michael Pena stuff because he's good. Yeah. Uh, he's in this. He's a, he's a good. He's a good job in this movie, uh, holding his own with Michael Shannon and one Thor. Not Thor brother, but actual <laughs> Thor. Chris Hemsworth. Actual <laughs> Thor. Yes. Um. So it's. <laughs> It's a good movie. The first half's good. Then the second half just goes into a big blockbuster. We're going to do explosions and gunfighting and typical war movie, which kind of disappointed me. Yeah. I can see that. Because, like, you set everything up to where, oh, this could be interesting. Like, it could be a, a new take on, on this war that we've had, like, 20 movies about or so, like, the past 15 years. But, No. It, the, the ending kind of soils it for me a little bit because it does turn into a typical war movie. That being said, still worth a pleasant watch. Okay, so probably stream it. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely stream it. If you happens to work in your timetable to see it, go see it. Uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, does a really good job in this movie. Um, he doesn't take off his shirt, I don't think. So that may deter <laughs> some people. So, he doesn't hit all the Chris Hemsworth uh, levels. I'm trying to remember if he does take off his shirt or not. <laughs> because he, I know he rips, well no, that's probably Shannon who gets his shirt ripped <laughs> open. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember there being a, a shirtless Chris Hemsworth. But, there, Chris Hemsworth uh, acting as a general in this movie is, oh, sorry, a captain. A captain, Captain Hemsworth. Captain Hemsworth. Yeah, uh, is, is really well done. Okay. So, yeah, uh, if this works on your schedule... <laughs> Definitely check it out. Uh, the first half of this movie is a fresh take. Second half just goes into a typical war movie. So okay. you get what you get when you come to this film, these type of films. Yeah. No one has yet to uh, make a fresh eyes or a fresh take of it yet. So who will be that person? Uh, it's Spielberg in another 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> will he still be directing in another 20 years? We'll still be around another twenty years. Oh, well, yes, he'll be around. Are you sure? He's rich enough where he'll he won't die for a while. You're you're, you're all that money's gonna keep him alive. Yeah, that money keeps him alive. <laughs> all right, oh, to fully crash in the. Well, let's move on. Uh, but yeah, so this is worse your schedule. See it, otherwise stream it. Okay, cool. You, it's, so it's something that you won't be disappointed you saw, but at the same time, it's nice. It's a nice film. Okay. Especially from a first time director, I'd like to see what he does next. Okay, cool. Uh, so I would want I would like to move into news, but uh, I'm going to have to answer something because for some reason, for some insane reason, you don't have anywhere on here the biggest news of the week that has to do with Phil. The first thing. Oh, okay. It's like really small. It's like, one line. I was expecting there to be more. Oh no, no, it's one line <laughs> because we're going to go in depth. This is going to be the big chunk of the story, and it is, of course, the. SAG Awards. Uh, sh- yeah, sure, yes. We should mention that they happened. Oh, yeah, so SAG Awards <laughs> happened, but uh, the real reason uh, we mentioned that is because two days later, the Oscar nominations came out. So, yes, we have Academy Award nominations. Uh, we'll get into them in just a moment. But, yeah, uh, real quick, let's talk about briefly uh, what took some SAGs because that will influence our conversation a bit. And yet it won't. <laughs> and yet it may not. Uh, but but, but that would, that's what makes these nominations interesting. Is, yes. Is kind of the story till now and what the story that the, the Oscars tell is two kind of different stories. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so first let's get right into this. Um, SAG Awards. Uh, three billboards. One was a big winner to come out of the, yeah. the awards. They won for Best Ensemble, uh, Best Actress, and Best Supporting Actor. 
So basically, Fresh McDormand has that unlock. Yeah. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell has an unlock, and Gary Oldman has that actor unlock. Yeah. So those are your big three, uh, basically, for sure, going to win. But then I put an asterisk on it. I'm going to put a big asterisk next to it. Yeah. Because of what happened with the Oscar nominations. So, okay. So let's let's get into this. So, so far, the story of award season has been three billboards, I really think. Yes. Three billboards has been the big shocker surprise. It took the uh, drama uh, prize at the Golden Globes. It uh, has t- swept all the uh, act- most of the acting nominations. It's mm-hmm. been up for, as you mentioned, uh, it even didn't even get didn't didn't it even get um, a screenplay? Uh, Golden Globes. Didn't I believe Madonna so. Win that. Yeah. And so yeah, and so it, it was kind of it's been the juggernaut, and it got the SAG Award just now, which is notorious for the ensemble award. Usually ends up influencing at least the actor. Uh, portion of the Academy's voting sector. And so, yeah, so so far, the story has been that, and I think, to a lesser extent, Shape of Water. Shape of Water taking um, the Critics' Choice uh, uh, for Best Picture. It just and, won the producers And Guillermo well. del Toro taking both director at the Golden Globes and at the at the, direct, at the Critics' uh, Choice. Right. Uh, Guillermo uh, del Toro also won at the DGA, mm-hmm. and he also won at the Producers' Guild. So, so what, what we were going <clears throat> into these Academy Awards expecting... Was kind of those being the givens. Right. And it looks like the actual nominations, and this is a good thing, are a little bit, like, offer a little bit more variety than I think we expected. But then here comes my complaint is, does that variety, um, like, because they make room for all these, like, other nominations, which we're going to get into, does that mean that they deserve those nominations? Or are they putting them in there because of what's happening and the status they want to uh, portray? Uh, I mean, that's the thing, though, is that the Academy... I I would usually agree with you here if it was any other awards. But because it's the Academy Awards, they get to decide what matters. Right. This is the definitive list of the things that that, that the Academy cares about. Yes. And so this becomes the conversation, regardless of intent. And so I don't think it matters. At the, the starting, I know what you're getting at. And starting from now, Get Out is nominated for Best Picture. Yes. No matter what you say about it, it is a nominee for Best Picture. Well, it can put that on the cover of the Blu-ray now. You want to know what else can put itself on the cover of the Blu-ray? Yes. Boss Baby up for Academy Award. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Although, uh, so let's get rolling right into the top here. I want to talk about Best Picture. Okay. Um, because I... So, let's go Best Picture. Well, just I thought it. you just knew these. Oh, no, I just pulled it up. <laughs> I just... No, 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 no. That's, that's why I put the little note there, because I don't have to write it all out. Just pull it up. So, yeah, so, so, the, the interesting story here, as you are mentioning, is that it's kind of the expected. It's, uh, your Shape of Water, your Three Billboards, your The Post, and The Phantom Thread. You know, the highfalutin ones are there. The three Billboards, yep. They're all represented. Then you have the weird ones, which are Get Out, Lady Bird, and the Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Dunkirk, and Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name, and the other War One. Uh, Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour. Which got it because of uh, Gary Oldman's <laughs> performance. I think. So, what I was doing kind of in my head here is I was eliminating. 
I was doing process elimination. Here. Oh yeah, as you as you need to with this. The thing ones like that. that can't win in this category are definitely Darkest Frickin' Hour, Dunkirk. Yes. Um, and I think probably the post. No, you can eliminate the post. I don't know if we can eliminate the post. You can eliminate the post because it because the only other uh, big nomination it got was Meryl Streep, who won't win unless. You know, Meryl Streep. But even then, yeah. she won't win. Because for some reason, I have an inkling, they're going to skew it from Frances McDormand and instead give it uh, to uh, Saoirse Ronan. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I have a feeling they're going to skew it that way. <laughs> well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Uh, but So I think that you could probably also eliminate Lady Bird from this list. because I don't think you can. I don't think it has a chance when you, think of, when you compare it to the big guns here. But because it's the Oscar, because they even put it up here, I mean, yes, it definitely deserves to be up here. What I'm saying basically is but, if I was if I was to try to figure out what my money would be on in this in this category, it is a like it is between three billboards, shape of water, and dark horse get out. That's the race. Like, yeah. That's the race because because it's the two superpowers against each other. Three Billboards has the support of the acting. Shape of Water is going to have the support of the kind of the more traditional Oscar voters. Right, and and the producers. But then mm-hmm. Get Out's going to have Get Out's all the, the wild card, the indie, all the indie stuff. It's it won younger, all the independent awards, and it's the younger the crowd. Yes, and the younger voting and the younger voters in the Academy are going to. Not only vote. that, I hate to put this, but. Jordan Peele, first-time writer, yeah. director. Yeah. Uh, it's possible. Jordan Peele has a lot of has a lot going for him for this film. Yeah. I, that's why I think there's a strong chance it's your Dark Horse pick here. And that's... But... <laughs> yes. Should it win? I don't think so. I think Three Billboards is way better. So... But... The, I keep saying but because... There's so many facets to look at this. I think this is one of the toughest years in a long time. There's no clear winner here. No. I think this is a really strong category. But, of course, the joke, and I saw this joke on Twitter after actually I had thought about it, and I was like, wait a minute, there's only nine. Oh, yeah. Don't you hate when they do that? Uh, why, why, why not feel ten, ten possible categories. Oh, yeah, you can always have ten. Here's, here's, here's my solution. Uh, what, my, my entry for ten, Coco. Well, well, we say that, but that's... <laughs> They've done Pixar before. Yes. Well, Why not now? They could have. That should have been Coco's spot. Uh, that was Coco's spot. Anyways. Right, but I don't <laughs> think I don't think the Academy would want it because it's just a throw in there. Because there's no reason to put it in there. I think it earned it. I think the reason is for the prestige of saying it was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Like, if Toy Story 3 can say that, Coco should be able to. I think... I think that they're pretty close. Oh, yeah. I know no. that that's controversial, but well, I you do think that. that the quality level there is pretty similar between those two movies. Mm. Yeah, but that's, yeah, but we're getting off of it. Right. But anyways, but yeah, so, uh, I mean, we're not going to do our predictions yet. We're probably going to wait for those. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what my thought process for Best Picture is. It's a weird, weird, tough category this year. And as much as I wish that yeah, that so Ladybird had. If you were to like, do a tenth, it would probably be Itania. It's got the, <laughs> yeah. two, two, the two actresses. You're probably right, but I almost think that it's almost too much of a comedy. Yeah, but. Which is also confusing why Ladybird is there, because it's also very much a comedy. Yeah. And it's, it's, 
it's like almost like the the like spiritual Woody Allen movie in this list because yeah. it's it's I mean not obviously like you know Woody Allen the man mm-hmm. because you, you, there's things to say about that now but uh, but but I mean like in in spirit the kind of movie that he used to make that Lady Bird is very much like that kind of movie okay uh, so yeah we well, let's move on to the acting category yeah so lead actor uh, Timothy Charlemagne coming by your name. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread, yeah. Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out, Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington, uh, Roman J. Israel. So the road to the uh, to this award, these uh, nominations, has tricked us because there's one person who was not on this list that won a bunch of awards in this season, and that's James Franco. And I'm going to put that because of everything that came out about James Franco after he won the Golden Globe. I think it's a combination of that, and I think it's also, again... It's a comedy, and Oscar hates comedy, except for in the screenplay categories. Yeah. You know it. Everybody yeah. knows it. It's been the case forever. You're right. But Comedies only get nominated in screenplay. I know. But he's so good in that film that it is <laughs> the definite snub of the, of the acting category. It's a big snub, uh, but, but I think that means that the, the, the path is open for Gary Oldman. I think you're right. It has to be. It's Gary Oldman. Unless you get a surprise Daniel Kaluuya because people will vote for it. Yeah, I mean, he's really good in that movie, but I think that that movie is not necessarily his performance. Like, that movie is a lot of things. Yes. Um, besides that, and I think if Gary Oldman has the prestige, you know, give or take whether or not This will also be Gary Oldman's deserves it, first you know. win? I think? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I think so. So so it yeah. definitely is time in terms of like so yeah who, who should be coming up. It's either it? that or it's the uh, or they do the Daniel Day Lewis goodbye career Oscar, which they could totally do. They could totally do that. They could totally, totally do. So yeah, I think those are your two. Yeah. Uh, actress. Uh, actress. Frances McDormand. We don't even need to talk. Um, you don't think, seem to think so. I I think for some reason itching my mind, Saoirse Ronan. She's well, good, but. Uh, but the yeah, Francis McDormand has this thing on lock. It's she Francis should have McDormand. this on lock. It's Francis McDormand. Yes. I, I think that you're getting in your own head about I'm this. I'm maybe getting my own head about this. <laughs> there's no way there's an upset in this category. Right. Uh, supporting actor has to be Sam Rockwell. Yeah, it's probably Sam Rockwell. Oh, or they did throw in a Christopher Plummer in there yeah. for all the money in the world. Which is the weird pick because he's not even... Wasn't even originally in that movie. No, that's what you think. Is this like a big like middle finger to Kevin Spacey? Yeah, um, maybe, but that means he probably won't win. Oh so, no! Yeah, I he should still win. Sam Rockwell. Right. Yeah, this is definitely Sam Rockwell's to lose. Yeah. Uh, then that brings us to supporting actress, uh, Mary J. Blige, Allison Janney, uh, Leslie Manville, Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> And Octavia Spencer. Allison Jan- Janney has the momentum right now. Yep. I think this is hers. She's won every th- award for it. This <laughs> yeah. is hers to lose. Yeah. As much as we want Laurie Metcalf to get some sort of recognition, but we'll see. And that brings us to director, where everything can get thrown out of whack here. Yeah, this is tricky because as much as it would be easy just to say Guillermo del Toro, because he's won it so far. The fact that they're nominated both Jordan Peele and, and Greta, Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Yeah. After the uproar of her not being nominated for uh, the uh, gold, not the Globes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Golden Globes. And she was she was up for everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. She didn't. Get, it wasn't wasn't up for director. You're right. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think. Um, I mean, yeah. My gut. My gut still says Guillermo. 
I think that the Directors Guild win is a telling here. Uh, right, but the Acting Guild is a huge part of this. Yeah, and they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's why I can't. I cannot rule them out. Rule her out because. Yeah, Greta, the it's good that Greta's time. there, but that I don't know. It's it kind of goes back to the same thing where it's like I don't know which is more of a. It, when you have to compare the movies, I know it's like apples and oranges. Right. Those are two very, very different oh, yeah. movies. I don't know which is trickier to direct. I actually don't know. You know, the, the, the special effects, kind of more drama stuff, or kind of a more, you know, like... I, don't know, I personally always like to think that the, um, the, the hometown story-driven, um, personal-driven stories are harder to direct because yeah. you have to get that emotion out of a out of an actor while maintaining <laughs> everything else around it in the right. frame. Now I haven't seen Shape of Water, but it seems like the vibe I get is that he actually made like he manages to make that relationship yes. realistic in its own way too. Right. So so well, I don't know. Uh, speaking of Shape of Water, yeah. uh, the one um, uh, supporting actor or rather lead actor that got snubbed uh, was Doug Jones. Yeah. Who should have been nominated. I think this is a, another case of Andy Serkis. Uh, this is CG or this is costume. We don't really get to see the actors, so we're not going to put them up there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a tricky thing that I don't think we're going to have a solution for for a while. Right. It's going to take some crazy performance for a mocap actor to get nominated. Right. But in terms of director, I'm <laughs> glad to see uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Get out here. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Sure. Sure. He's there because he has to be. It's, he gets a pass. <laughs> it's the thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I st- I'm still probably going Del Toro here. Right. Uh, then let's just jump right down to a screenplays. This is tricky. Uh, yes. So adapted screenplay, Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, mm-hmm. Molly's Game, and Mudbound. So this... So notice how only one of these <laughs> is up for Best Picture as well. This That's is probably by your name. such a weird category this year. This is. Because you have, out of nowhere, Logan. I'd also say, out of nowhere, Mudbound, <laughs> the Netflix movie. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I think uh, its script was up uh, for the Golden Globe as well, uh, to be fair. But, um, so yeah, I mean, if we were doing press elimination again here, you could probably eliminate Mudbound. You could probably eliminate Logan. Yes. So, so the, the race is probably two. Disaster Artist, Molly's Game. And Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name. I almost want to give the edge here to Call Me By Your Name because if it's going to win something, it's going to be that. I feel like that too, but I also feel like if Disaster Artist is going to win anything, it's going to be here. Yeah, unfortunately. That's kind of the, the sad part though is because yes. it's it's just it's so outdone by everything else, I think. Like... For what the Oscars usually celebrate. Mm-hmm. And so, as funny as that thing is, from what I understand, I haven't seen it. Yes. Oh, but as funny <laughs> as it is, it's still a heartfelt story yeah. about sure. about your dreams and chasing your dreams. And that's why I love it. So, yeah, actually, I don't even think Molly's game plays here. I think you're right. You think Eric Swartz doesn't play? I, I don't think he does at this point in his career. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is... Um, Disaster Artist or... One, one award it will win. <laughs> or Call Me By Your Name. 
Right. Because because that's this is both where they can shine. Right. Uh, and I might, yeah, again, I think I would have to give the edge to call me by your name here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, original screenplay, though, is a bloodpath. Ugh. This is I where, can't choose. This is where you kill your darlings. Yeah, I can't choose. I can't. I'm not ready to make my prediction in this category. No. Yet. So original screenplay goes to The Big Sick. Yeah. Uh, Get Out. Lady Bird. <laughs> the Shape of Water. And Three Billboards. It's just so killer. Because you have... Not one, but two scripts I would call comedy scripts on here. The Big Sick and Lady Bird. Bird. You have straight up drama script, The Shape of Water. Mm -hmm. You have a horror script with Get Out. Or comedy, depending on what side you're on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And. What was the last one? Three billboards. And then you have the three billboards, which is its own thing. Right. I have no clue. This could go anyway. Uh, there's a possibility that uh, Get Out could have an edge here because this... it's something that the Academy hasn't seen before. And they, they classically do give original screenplay to things that are really experimental and new. A.K.A. Diablo Cody's script for Juno. Yep. You know, like, there are, there's room in this category for something as new as Get Out. But there's also room in this category traditionally for something witty and, like, coming of age, like Lady Bird. There's also, though, this, you know, there's the, there's so many different ways. The, like, no, the different of, ways you can play this thing. The Cohen stuff that can... the Three Billboards is doing is also something that traditionally mm-hmm. wins this. I don't know. I don't know. There's different ways every one of these scripts can yeah. win, except for maybe the Big Sick. Yeah, the Big Sick is, I feel like, in any other year, I think it would rate high here. But having now seen the bulk of the Big Sick, I finally did watch most of it. I didn't see the end of it. Okay. Because I had to leave uh, when it was on. Uh, but uh, I saw most of it. I thought it was good, but I... To be honest, I don't think that the script is as good as Lady Bird's. No, no. I think that there are parts of that script that are great. I just think moment to moment, I think Lady Bird is a better written script. Uh, so, And I think Get Out is a better written script. So I might have to write it off just because of just it's, it, the competition is too fierce. Uh, well, so see, I might have to write that off. And I think Shape of Water of two is the odd one out in this category. Well, yeah, I'm of two minds here, okay? So, Get Out, if it's going to win anything, is going to be either in writing yeah. or directing, but not in both. You're right. You're probably right. And I don't think it has a strong enough case for directing. That's the thing, though. That I think it may. I don't know. This year is so tough. But, yeah, this is why I still need to think about this. I think I this don't think it's... This could be a case of... <laughs> then giving Jordan Peele the writing here, yeah. and then Greta Gerwig the directing. I don't think so. I think they split. I think oh. one of them goes one way or the other. I think they split one way or the other. Look, I love Lady Bird, but I don't think it wins either of these categories. I love it, but this year is just so tough. I think it, this category is probably. Three billboards or get out. Can we if just, can we just live in a world where three billboards wins everything and everyone goes happy? <laughs> no, because no one would be happy. I'd be happy with that. Yes, you would. 
But yeah, so no, uh, this is, I, I think, yeah, if I'm being honest with myself, I think that this is Get Out or Three Billboards. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on. Yep. Uh, moving on. I think we're going to go straight into just actual movie news. I think we're done talking this thing. I mean, well, let's, let's, let's mention real quick some of the cool like things. As you mentioned, animated uh, uh, Boss Baby and Coco yeah, are probably your front runners there. Uh, no, it's going to be Coco or St. Vincent because everything that remember that was painted. St. <coughs> Vincent, you mean... Uh, Living, loving Vincent. Loving Vincent. Yes. Um, also, uh, I want to mention that the uh, the editing, uh, sound editing, editing, and sound mixing, Baby Driver, nominated for all three. Yes. Uh, good job on that. And we'll probably take all three. Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> cinematography. Uh, cinematography. Which will probably win. It, it definitely should win, because that thing was beautiful yeah. to watch. Let's let's talk about this, 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 what we just said, because I really, really sincerely think that those movies will take all of those. I really think oh, that, yes. that Baby Driver will three-peat there. I think Baby I think Driver it'll win should. both sound because that is that movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it may... I think it has a surefire chance for editing. Because that movie is edited to, like, perfection. What, film editing? Yeah. Film I sound, really, really think. Film editing, sound editing, and sound mixing? I really think it can take all three. And I think you're right. I think uh, Blade Runner, uh, even being in that category, is crazy. But I think also, it'll win. I think so, too. Uh, well, I, I hope it wins. Um, but uh, it's an, an interesting to note, just a quick note about the cinematography uh, uh, category. This is the first year where a, uh, a female a cinematographer has been nominated. I believe you're right on that. I read it's, that somewhere. Yeah, I, I read that. Uh, uh, that for, for, for Mudbound, Rachel Morrison. First time that has ever happened, so congratulations. Yep. Uh, other cat, others in Maybe that is Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and Shape of Water, which I think Shape of Water is probably your favorite there. But yeah. Blade Runner twenty forty nine should yeah. definitely win because that thing is like eighty percent visuals I and think, it is stunning. I think it takes it. I think it really does. Uh, I mean, really, the the visual effects category is probably Apes because uh, Weta. Yeah. Uh, your uh, or, or Blade Runner original song is probably freaking uh, Greatest Showman. Yeah, again. this is me, the Greatest. Even Showman. though Remember Me is getting slaughtered this season when it should win. But that's because Remember Me is used three different times, three different ah, ways in that film. That's but why it should o- win. But they can only submit one song. They submit ah, the song. I know. Not I the know, way it is I used. I really sincerely think that the only reason why it won't win is because it's up against a musical. Yes. Because there's a freaking musical, and when there's a musical, the musical will win. Uh, yeah, but also with original songs, <coughs> uh, Common is once again nominated uh, in Marshall yeah. uh, for a stand-up for something. Uh, Mary J. Blige will get up and sing for yeah. Mudbound, Mighty River. And Suvon Stevens will sing yeah. Mystery of Love, a calling my name. Uh, just remember, all original songs will be sung during the Oscars. Right, as tradition. So, as a tradition, which means we will see Remember Me played. That'd be cool. And it'll be interesting to see if they end up doing <laughs> all three versions. Uh, in a way, yeah, I guess they could, technically. Yes. We'll see. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I expect the big showstopper to come from This Is Me. Okay, so that'll probably wrap up our Oscar talk, so... Yep. I'll take this. Um, okay, yeah. Well, right, let's go back over to actual movie news. Yeah. We got thing we'll try to, to death. speed this through the rest of this because that was long. Oh yeah, we'll uh, over a half hour on that. Thing. Okay, movie news. Well, let's start with an adaptation that will not be up for any Oscars ever. You could mark my words. 
you ever play Duke Nukem? <laughs> Funny enough, no, I've never played Duke Nukem, but I know what Duke Nukem is. It is the game Nukem. that was stuck in developmental health for over 14 years. That's one of the Duke Nukem games. It actually <laughs> predates that. Yes. We're thinking of Duke Nukem Forever, uh, which did finally come out. But yeah, Duke Nukem goes back to side-scrolling games for the PC. There was Duke Nukem 3D, which was the big kind of 3D. Yes, there were over, one. I think, 19 games in total. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, for Duke Nukem as a series. But guess what? Duke Nukem, the video game, is now going to be Duke Nukem the movie with the help of Michael Bay and... John Cena! The project is set up at Paramount in Platinum Dunes. No writer or director attached yet. Uh, as we talk about video games, uh, I think this going is back a, to 1991 series. Yep. I think this is a great pick, uh, especially for uh, John Cena. I'm of two minds about this. If they're gonna, if you do a Duke Nukem movie in 20-whatever, whenever this comes 2020, out. 2020, let's say. You can't do it straight. It has to be a parody. It has to be a satire It has parody. to be over the top. It has to be ridiculous. And, and think, everybody has to think that the Duke Nukem character is the worst. And the only way I, this works. I think that works because John Cena has done a lot of comedy yeah. that he can show in his comedy shops, but but he's also hugely overly muscled on the top yeah. side. But you cannot do the like a straight play of Duke Nukem at this point. Oh no! Especially in the current Hollywood climate, that character does not work. Uh, yes. You have to make a movie making fun of that character. Currently, there is no writer or director attached to this. So, yeah, but that's great. if I had to put it, I wanted to put Lord Miller on it. Yeah, uh, y- yes. Yes, you're right. Because frickin', uh, I mean, they didn't write this, but frickin' a good analog for this would be the Lego Batman movie. Yes. They didn't write it, but but you know what I mean. That approach where it was basically, it was a Batman movie kind of making fun of Batman. Right. That's the way this should be done. That's the tone. Yes. Put Michael McCall writing on this. Uh, get uh, Lord Miller to exact produce this. Yes. Yeah. You're right. That's, and the, that's then what should give do. me uh, <coughs> someone to direct it over the top uh, director. Uh, uh, just for fun, John Favreau. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he would never touch this thing, but just for fun. This adds to... Uh, because I don't want to see Michael Bay touch it. I just right. want to see it in name only. Under Platinum Dunes, but have nothing to do with it, actually. Please. Uh, yeah, so John Cena also uh, can be seen soon in Blockers, and uh, was recently cast in uh, in Bumblebee, the Transformers spinoff with Haley Seinfeld. Actually, yes, whoever directs that movie, whoever directs that Bumblebee, Bumblebee movie, movie, should direct this thing. There we go. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Michael Bay, so let's go with that. Moving on, uh, next thing uh, is something that uh, uh, Michael Bay will not be invited to, which is the Hollywood Reporter Annual Director's Roundtable. Yeah! Uh, they've uploaded their... Uh, the Hollywood Reporter, of course, has this annually. This year, uh, it features Angelina Jolie, Guillermo del Toro, Green... Who the hell? Is that a name? That's not what you have down here. Yeah, Greta Gerwig. That's supposed to say Greta Gerwig. Yes. And... You, what you actually have written is Green Kynerwig. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Dennis Villeneuve. 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 Oh, thank you. Uh, Pat, Patty Jenkins and Edgar Wright. These are uh, annually entertaining, you say, and fascinating. One hour looks into the mind oh, of the yeah. director. Yeah, this, these are always interesting. Yes. Because they kind of directors talk to other directors. Yes, I love when directors talk to other directors about yeah. not only their projects, but how they approach their projects and... Like getting to the mind of it, it's really well done stuff. Uh, if, yeah. you, if you just put it on the background and listen to it, 
they really go in depth about not only each other's projects, but like who else like they want to like work with and what they look for in scripts and what makes good scripts and what makes their movies tick. Yeah. It's definitely fascinating, and I love every year when they bring bring this out. It's cool stuff. Uh, so yeah, do you know when that's gonna uh, gonna be on? Oh uh, no, it's out right now. Oh, it's already out. Yeah, it's already out right now. Uh, they did put up a preview about two weeks ago, but uh, they recently put up the whole uh, <coughs> thing uh, okay. earlier this week. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, here's a movie that will not come up with that conversation. There's going to be a reboot of Crocodile Dundee. Reboot slash sequel. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, so it will star Danny McBride and Chris Hemsworth, because of course it will. It just sounds awesome already. Shot in secret, apparently already. And only recently released, got a trailer. Yes. So, no one knew this thing was coming out. No. Or that this thing even existed. It will be titled, Dundee, colon, The Son of a Legend Returns. Wait, what? Yes. The Son of a Legend Returns. Yes. When did the, the son there for the first time? In order to return. No. That's, that's the joke. <laughs> that's the joke. The official synopsis will be... Younger Dundee undertaking a rescue mission to track down Mick... Uh, that would be... Uh, Played by Hogan. You know, the original Crocodile Dundee. Ah. Who is missing somewhere in the bush. The film is being directed by newcomer Steve Rogers, not that Steve Rogers, yes. with an estimated budget of $30 million, that's cheap, right. and is due for release but this June. Yes, so this is... Um, cheap summer movie. Yes, this is your cheap summer movie, your cheap laugh movie, but this is also um, Take uh, Fish Out of Water, where Dan McBride, born and raised in, let's say, New York, or Los Angeles, because that's where that one was taking place. Sure. Uh, and then he has to go to the Outback to find his roots and find sure. um, the original Crocodile Dundee. Alright, this that sounds, sounds terrible. Let's move on. Oh, it sounds hilarious. Ugh, no, it does not. With you Chris Hemsworth? Um, you know what? My mom went into labor while watching a Crocodile Dundee movie. Was it just that bad? Did you run out and change the channel? Well, no, it was just 1987. Oh. Uh, <laughs> anyways... <laughs> Moving on to television news. <laughs> All right, moving on to sports. First, we start with sports because we now know what your Super Bowl is. Yes, you will see Justin Timberlake at the halftime show. I mean, you already knew that, but now yes. we know who it's sports, what football teams are playing in it. Yes. Some crazy games happened this past weekend. That's right. You get to see Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles on the sideline. Not, not play because <laughs> the Jaguars lost. Oh, A killer. Game uh, to the Patriots. That that's just why I, I'm it was so disappointed on that. It was frustrating. Great they first had, half. The game had a great first half. They stopped scoring. That's what the problem. That was, was. the problem. Yeah, Jaguars stopped scoring. And they let Brady run all over them. Yep, Tom Brady decided he wanted to be Tom Brady and the goat again. Second half, yeah. come out and basically made all their adjustments and wrecked the Jaguars. Somehow more entertaining than the second game. Which we thought going in was going to be a defensive struggle. We thought it was going to be tight. We thought the Vikings had a chance. In fact, no. No, we didn't even think they had a chance. We thought they were going to take it easily. Yes. And we predicted both losers because we predicted them both winning. <laughs> we were wrong because the Eagles showed up offensively uh. throughout that game and dominated Minnesota throughout. And uh, not just dominated, just yeah. just overall manhandled. Just I think the better word for it. So they manhandled him. So yes, we're looking at another Patriots Super Bowl, but the Eagles have a chance. Yes, which is the cool part. 
So we could very, very well another bird team versus the Patriots team <laughs> Super Bowl, by the way. It's yes. two years in a row. Uh, three. Three years in a row, bird teams. Uh, sorry, no, 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 sorry. We, we have skipped there. But yeah, three out of the past four years have been Patriots against a bird team. Bird we team. We have the Seattle, we have Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, uh, Atlanta Falcons, and yep. now the Philadelphia Eagles. All the birds. Now it just needs the, the Cardinals just need to uh, be in the Super Bowl <laughs> next year. Wait, is that the, possible? Are they in the same? Uh, I don't no, know no, if they're in the same. Uh, no, no, they're in FC. Okay, so yeah, that could happen. It's possible. It's not gonna happen, but it could happen. <laughs> Unless the Cardinals pull out a miracle season next year. Yeah, which could happen. Uh, yeah. You never know. All right. Though. Yeah, who knows? But yes, uh, so your Super Bowl will be Super Bowl Forty Two will be Patriots and Eagles. Uh, yes, the game will not be this Sunday. No. The Sunday is the Pro Bowl. <coughs> it will yes. be the following Sunday, uh, February fourth. So get ready. Meanwhile, what else is super? Is Dragon Ball Super? Hey, Dragon Ball Super will end in March. Oh, this is sad, but Sorry. maybe not. The dub will continue until the end of the current Japanese run. Uh, That will end in March. They've officially announced it will end in March. Even though it is the end, it may not be going away. They're stopping so the animators can work on a new movie with the Dragon Ball characters that will arrive later this year. After that, they will take a look to where to move the series from there if they choose to. This happens a lot with any uh, big media franchise, not only Dragon Ball. They need to take a break and figure out what's next. So yeah, so Dragon Ball Super basically came out of nowhere, came from a from uh, Akira Toriyama in 2013 making the Battle of Gods movie, mm-hmm. and that basically spun a whole resurgence of Dragon Ball fandom, right? To make the to allow them to create Dragon Ball Super in its current run, uh, it is currently in a multi universe tournament. Yeah, if uh, yeah, that makes any sense for um, the world of that show. Yes, yeah. Actually. So they're a multi universe tournament. <laughs> And that will end in March, uh, the Japanese run. The dub is still like 60 episodes behind, so they have enough episodes to run until the end of this year. That is the dub. Uh, the English dub, uh, I'll make that. So the reason they're stopping is so that they can create a new movie, which Akira Toriyama said would be the birth of the Super Saiyans, okay. or the birth of the Saiyan culture. Um, from there... Then, only then and only then, when that once that film is done and they bring all the animators back from vacation, will they determine where they want to go next? Will they do either a time skip, continue this current uh, run, or do they just start a whole new Dragon Ball in general? So there's different ways that they can go with this, but or they could just completely stop it altogether. If anyone tells <laughs> you that Dragon Ball Super is canceled, that is wrong. <laughs> this thing is not canceled. Um, it's just, and it's not technically a hiatus either. It's they're going to reevaluate what's happened and where they're going to go from here. Yeah. So anything could happen. Uh, chances are probably yeah. You're probably right. This is not the last we'll see. Right. Dragon Ball Super uh, has definitely like risen a whole lot of anime fans, and where it's going to go is anyone's guess. But nobody should be guessing, and no one should be telling you otherwise. Of anything that is definitive, unless it comes from the mouth of Akira Toriyama. Fair enough. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, somebody who I don't think was ever a voice in Dragon Ball. No. Was he? In, maybe he may have actually been in that live-action Dragon Ball movie. Remember when that happened? 
Ah, uh, you may have been the <laughs> douchebag, if I remember correctly. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah. In that movie. <laughs> uh, hey, no, I'm talking about Joel McHale, um, comedian slash television host. Uh, he's got a new gig over at Netflix. Yes. He will be hosting a weekly unscripted show. will be a half-hour topical series that will skewer the latest events in pop culture and news from across the globe. There will be celebrity guests, comedy sketches, and video clips from everywhere. 13-episode series launches... February 18th, with new episodes dropping weekly. Uh, this is following uh, previous Netflix talk show that have also been in a weekly format, like uh, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Handler's uh, recently canceled show, yes. and uh, David Letterman's recently debuted show. Yes. Uh, so my guest was it? My guest needs no explanation. Yeah. Or, or, like or, no introduction. Or no, no, no introduction. So yeah, when I uh, first when I saw Joel McHale, I was like, oh god, what is he doing? But after reading this, I was like. Oh, wait, no. This sounds like The Soup. Yes. This is I love the, the Soup. soup. This is basically The Soup Redux. And because it's on Netflix, I think you can get away with a lot more. I So, yeah, I loved The Soup. I used to watch The Soup oh, religiously. Yeah. Uh, so, if it's soup, anything like that... The Soup was my favorite thing on E! It's the only reason I ever had it's the, the E channel. It's the only thing that's ever been on E! Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, was, uh, uh, if this is anything like The Soup... Uh, which it sounds like it could be. Yep. Then yeah, I'm on board. I'll at least check it out. See, oh, I'll definitely. See if yeah. it's interesting. Yes. Uh, this is definitely a good call for Joel McHale. Yeah. He's had uh, several couple stickers in the past. Uh, the last big thing he was in was in Community, but even that's been off the air for five years now. Yeah. Of course, I'm not counting the you the Yahoo the Yahoo series Yahoo. of it. <laughs> the Yahoo series. Yes, the Yahoo. It's delicious. It tastes like chocolate milk. It's just rolling on the floorboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, from Netflix to the other streaming uh, player, Amazon. Yes, this isn't uh, necessarily an Amazon-related story. It's just that your prices are going to go up. Sorry, guys. Streaming viewers who pay for the month for Am- by the month for Amazon Prime benefits get a bit of a kick if they pay uh, up to twelve ninety nine from ten ninety nine previously. But the full year of Prime membership will still be ninety nine dollars, and the yearly that. rate and the yearly rate for students also stays forty nine. Prime Video memberships remain at eight ninety nine a month, separate. I believe that's that's not. Yes, uh, I believe that is. Uh, if yeah. you just want the streaming video only, you just have that, and right you now. don't want any of the actual like, like today uh, shipping and shipping uh, and yeah. music. And, uh, in a new study, more people are going to Amazon to watch movies than Netflix, which has been uh, which has seen a rise in original content instead, and Hulu, where people go to watch currently airing TV series. So, almost like they found their niches. Yeah. In a weird way. And, and I get it. I get why. Because, I mean, the Netflix and Hulu stuff, that's self-explanatory. But I think the Amazon stuff is interesting because you get not only the movies that are available on streaming on Amazon, but it's also kind of an on-demand warehouse for stuff that's paid, too. Right. Because you can pay to rent a lot of the stuff on mm-hmm. Amazon that is current or, you know, like the past couple of years. Whereas with Netflix, they've kind of dropped off a, yeah. a whole lot in terms of, like actual movies they offer and turn to like more of an original channel. Yeah. And I think that that's what they wanted. Didn't mm-hmm. they say that they wanted like a certain percentage, like 50% of the, all their content to be original content? Yes. So yeah, they, they found their niches because each of them have done really well on one specific thing. And then Hulu just happens to be good at the thing that they've always done because it's the thing that they were doing first. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, they were first, everyone knows them as being the first, so everyone goes to them. So I think that's, a, that's kind of the interesting part about this story to me, is that 
Yeah, they can increase these prices because they know that people won't leave because Amazon has all the movies. Right, but again, this is also for anyone who's doing month to month for some yeah. reason. Yeah, but I'm sure that that's probably a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, Amazon has the movies. I mean, FX might tell you. <laughs> FX might lie to you, to your face, and say that they have the movies. But we all know that that's not true. Right. You Amazon, can go to Amazon and get has pretty the much movies. everything. Amazon's got everything. They really do. Uh, what they don't have, though, yet, is a reboot of Murphy Brown. Would anyone want a reboot of Murphy Brown? Apparently Candace Bergen does. Uh. Murphy Brown is getting a reboot on CBS, a 13-episode order for a revival of the 1988 sitcom. Its creator, Diane English, will return, and Candace Bergen will return as well. Bergen will reprise her role as the famous investigative journalist and TV anchor. Talks are underway with other original cast members to return. Of course, this is hot on the heels after NBC did its revival of Will Grace, and ABC is planning their revival of Roseanne. Yep, uh, not planning. They have already you revived it. You know what I mean. Yes, it, it just it isn't out yet. yet. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, CBS, of course, has history. It aired Murphy Brown originally, so they... Yeah, it aired it for 10 years. It went off the air in 1999, uh, after 10 years there. Um, yep. English was the original showrunner there. Uh, for the first four seasons before leaving. Uh, so, be interesting to see, yeah. in, especially this current political climate, Yeah, what they can do with it. It could be alright. Um, uh, the, the best take I saw t- today on Twitter about this was, well, well, while we're, uh, while we're uh, rebooting. Uh, rebooting literally everything, come on, just give us Night Court. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Why don't we have a reboot of Night Court? Let's do a reboot at Night Court. Yeah, just do Sports Night while you're at it then. Yeah, well, actually, you're right. Let's do both. Yeah. Let's do, and then let's do, uh, I don't know, what's, what's left? The West Wing? Cop Rock. Cop Rock? Cop Rock back. Fraggle Rock. <laughs> Cop Rock produced by the producers of La La Land. Alright. There, just, just, I fixed it for you. We are, well, that's just Rise. Is it? Oh, no, that's Glee. Alright, <laughs> basically Glee. All right, uh, do you have any thoughts about television that we need to talk about before um, we move into cancellations? Did we watch anything new? Uh, you did. You watched the first episode of Versace, 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 Versace. Yes. Uh, so if we want to go into that real quick. Assassination of Versace uh, by the coward Robert Ford. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is actually a very a different take than uh, People vs. O.J. Simpson because while... That's the season. First season was told in chronological right. order, uh, and you got events and news had that happened. This is not that. This is not that. This jumps back and forth uh, between uh, nineteen eighty five and nineteen ninety nine, I believe, uh, when he was uh, assassinated. Uh, definitely starts off with the assassination and then the ensuing manhunt. Uh, the ratings for this were actually down from uh, the first season. Uh, people were so Jay. I uh, saw those numbers come out for the first episode, but so far it's in an interesting take. It's definitely more art house style than um, than the people where O.J. Simpson was. Okay. Uh, the assassination. Uh, so I'll just call it Versace for short. Yeah, Versace. Versace and O.J. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Versace is definitely very um, <laughs> very more art house. A lot of it's more centered. A lot of it's more clean but that's because it takes place in the world of fashion where everything is clean and uh, mm-hmm. Miami Beach where everything is fun and 
Bright. Uh, I think they did a really great job of casting... Um, uh, Darren Chris? No. The uh, girl. Oh. Uh, shoot, what's her name? Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the Nespresso girl. <laughs> the Nespresso girl. She's the Nespresso girl. Danny DeVito? No. <laughs> Penelope Cruz. Yes, Penelope Cruz. No, the other one. Wait, no, is it actually it's, it's Penelope, Penelope Cruz? Cruz. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Penelope Cruz is... She's, she's like a little kid. Or was that Natalie Portman with the Nespresso? I don't know. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. No. Anyways. Detective Pikachu. Natalie Portman's on my mind now. Yes, uh, she is. <laughs> so Penelope Cruz <laughs> is really well casted in this as yeah. Versace's sister. Uh, I expect big things to come for her. She may even right. get, uh, if, if the first episode is any indication of what her role is going to be in this thing, she, I expect her to run the gamut of lead actress. Just like uh, Marsha Clark did. Well, we'll certainly see. Anything else you watched uh, this week? New? No. Uh, there was not a lot of TV. Um, no, uh, This Is Us is back. Uh, the Good yeah. Doctor is back. TV's pretty much back to normal now. TV's uh, happening, so we'll have more TV thoughts, I'm sure, coming out. Um, TV, but also music news. The Grammys are this Sunday. Yes, uh, but we'll talk about that in music, I think. Uh, I did not put that in music. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I almost did a, 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 um, um, a prediction, uh, started writing a prediction post until I realized... It's impossible to know what awards they actually televise and which ones they do not. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. And so it's pretty much impossible for us to do one. Right. Because I don't want to, to do an entire like list of them and only have like six of them in the telecast. Is that <laughs> yeah, cause that's, yeah, because the Grammy shows more of a... It's for more performances. Performances, yeah. So no, I'm not going to do that. So don't if you're if you're looking forward to a, our predictions, there won't happen because we're not predicting that many awards. I'm sorry. Uh, it's like 50 awards. Basically, if it's not Lord, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, just just think that it, uh, our, our money is on uh, Melodrama taking it. Uh, and that's all there is to say about that. So uh, let's move away from television because I don't think we have anything else. Uh, Jessica Chastain's episode on SNL was good. Yes. I thought that was a really good episode. Uh, I, I like Will Ferrell's on next, next, this week. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, with Chris Tableston. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, it's always weird when Will Ferrell comes back. Always. So let's move into cancellation of super renewals. loud. Alright. Can we just cancel Will Ferrell right now? We're not canceling Will Ferrell, but we are canceling... I love Dick on yeah, Amazon. Yeah, you do. I love Dick. What, what, was a show on Amazon. Uh, what's more for my ringtone? I love Dick. Perfect. Uh, I, I made sure there was space before and after so that way you could just see, so like, have a clean clean file of that uh yeah uh the series on amazon has been canceled after one season uh that was based on a book also named i love dick in case you didn't right. uh amazon has also canceled two other shows uh jean-claude van johnson after one season that was the jean-claude van damme i'm hiding from people uh, trying to lay low so people don't figure out i'm a celebrity show yes and uh one mississippi which i have no idea what that is but it's also canceled uh, yep. I, I think that was a doctor show. Sure. If I remember correctly. That sounds right. Freeform has granted a second season to the new show Grown-ish. It's already, uh, uh... Yeah, that, yeah that premiered two weeks ago or so. Uh, yeah, it, it premiered the same night as Alone Together. Right. Uh, Veep on HBO. Not been canceled. 
But it's been delayed. The next season will not air until 2019. Right. So we didn't talk about this last week, but um, last week, or sorry, two weeks ago, was uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus' last uh, treatment uh, for her breast cancer. Yeah. Uh, so she's still in recovery, but so far they uh, claim that they have gotten everything. Uh, she will be fine. She just needs to rest We are recovered. Yeah. Uh, which means that Veep will not premiere until the following year, which means <laughs> for the first time in nine years... It will not be eligible for Emmys. Yes, which means we will get a new Emmy winner for Thanks. Best Actress in a Comedy Series. And we'll also get a new Emmy winner for Best Comedy. Yes. Because it will not be eligible for that either. <laughs> Thank God. The streak is over, guys. All right. Yes, the streak is over. The Kings have scored. And it's tied up. All right. Uh, but what the, the streak is unfortunately <laughs> over for these following people because they are dead. Oh, yes. Here are the dead. <laughs> that was really bad. I'm sorry. I apologize for that segue. That is a bad Joe, taste. That was great. All right. <laughs> because they are dead. Okay. Uh, first, we have Dorothy Malone, age 93. I feel bad to get these dead people. Actress. Who was in Written on the Wind, Peyton Place, and Basic Instinct, and uh, won an Academy Award in yep. 1956. Yep, Peyton's Place. For Basic Instinct. No, for <laughs> Peyton's Place. You're right. Uh, Jim Rodford, aged 76, was an English bassist in bands Argent, The Kinks, and The Zombies. Naomi Parker, aged 96, the inspiration for the We Can Do It Rosie the Riveter design. Yep, uh, that was her face that they used. Very cool. John Coleman, age 83, American meteorologist, co-founder of the Weather Channel. Yeah, which I thought was kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, not fun that he's no, dead. No, but, no, but, but uh, the co-founder of the Weather, weather Channel. Yeah. Oh. And uh, Connie Sawyer, uh, age 105. Yes. Who is an actress uh, in mo- such movies as, such fine movies as Dumb and Dumber, Pineapple Express, and When Harry Met Sally. Yes, she was always the old lady. Uh, fun fact... Because she was 105 and still acting, she gets the uh, the, the notion of the uh, longest living actor. Wow. Or sorry, the... What's it? The, the oldest actor. Oldest. Yes. Um, yeah. That, that's kind of crazy that she was playing an old person in the 90s. And she was still alive. Oh, yeah. Until, like, now. That's insane. Uh, and then finally... Um, not d- definitely not 105. Laurie White, age 52. Oof. Country singer uh, for the songs Now I Know and That's My Baby. Not 100% sure if I've heard either of those, but I'm sure maybe if I've heard like it, maybe I'd recognize right. it. I don't know. Uh, but that is it for your deaths. So we need to move on to something I do not have prepped, uh, which is the billboard. That's okay. My phone is yelling at me to freaking install... An update right now. That's okay, but uh, as long as we're going into music, just a, yeah, just a quick reminder that the Grammys are <laughs> yeah, this we weekend. Um, just a Timberlake in two weeks. Um, if you're going to any concerts, just be safe. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely do that. Definitely do that. Okay, Billboard, uh, your Hot 100. You have, we have, get this, a brand new number one song. Is it? It finally happened. It finally happened. It finally happened. Ed Sheeran has been dethroned. Ed Sheeran has been dethroned by Camila Cabela, Havana. You totally called it. I totally called it. Well, I called that her other single would chart chart eventually. Yes, eventually. I did not actually call this, that Havana would beat Ed Sheeran finally and claim number one spot. But yes, the year of Cabela Cabello is is, uh, officially started. It's officially begun. 
This is it. This is this is what I was talking about. Number two, uh, Perfect by Ed Sheeran drops down one. Number three, Rockstar by Post Malone featuring 21 Savage is inexplicably still here. Number four, Finesse by Bruno Mars and Cardi B. And number five, moving into the top five, after probably the SNL j- b- bump from uh, about a week ago, Bad at Love by Halsey. Halsey. And moving into the album's chart, your Billboard 200, your number one album right now because... It got released. Of the bump. And because it was released, debuting at number one is Camilla. Camilla Cabello's titular album. Self-titled. Hey, you called it. Uh, so far. So far, so good. Number two, The Greatest Showman soundtrack. Moved hey! Down a bit. Divide by Ed Sheeran is your number three. Stony by Post Malone is number four. And Reputation moves back into the top five. Hey, that by Taylor Swift. Congratulations, Taylor Swift. Welcome What's back. New this week? This week we have upcoming releases, as we always do. Mm-hmm. First, we got Calexico with the thread that keeps us. <laughs> Django, Django with Marble Skies. Da Django, da Django. Migos with Culture Two, the sequel to Culture. Yes. Mimicking birds with layers of us. <laughs> I just like layers of mim- mim- mimicking birds. <laughs> I thought you would. <laughs> uh, Nightmares on Wax but, uh, with uh, Shape the Future. Nils Fram with All Melody. I think that is Niles Fram. Niles Fram. Yes. That's what it looks like. Uh, Rick Springfield, yes, that Rick Springfield, with The Snake King. Someone tell Mark. The Sneep Can- The Sneep. <laughs> Steep Canyon Rangers, with Out in the Open. The Spook School, which I've actually heard of, uh, with Could It Be Different? Really? Yes, The Spook School. It could be different. All right. Uh, and Ty Siegel, who I've also heard of, with Freedom's Goblin. <laughs> of course, Ty Siegel, like, releases, like, 15 billion albums every year, so that's not surprising. Okay. All right, moving into music news. All right, so let's start uh, with the post. First, we got kind of a sad one. Yes. Neil Diamond, the iconic singer-songwriter, has announced that he will be leaving the big stage and he will be retiring from touring because... Uh, What were you going to say? This is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. He's been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which is not great yes, for your touring musician. Yes, the, the, the Michael J. Fox disease. He, sure, yes. Uh, the third leg of his 50th anniversary tour was supposed to be set to launch in March. It has been canceled, though. This was on doctor's orders, by the way. Mm-hmm. This was not a choice that he took. Oh, no. Um, uh, gently. He had to do this. It was required. Uh, so fans will be refunded for the tickets. He plans to remain active in writing and recording and other projects. He just won't be touring anymore. It takes a lot out of you touring, <laughs> and this makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, I mean... He's, he toured that long. 50 years? Yeah. That's it. But, yeah, Parkinson's is uh, definitely a deadly disease. It's bad, man. It's terrible. affects the brain and everything, emotions, motor skills. So, yeah. we should see what he writes coming out of this, actually. If, if we're going to get a silver lining out of it. Yeah. Also, retiring from touring, but for different reasons, none other than Sir Elton John. Elton John has been touring for 50 years, but he's now over it. Or at least he's retiring yeah, from it. Yeah, he's done. Uh, because he wants to spend more time with his kids. He'll be 71 years old in March. <sighs> and his kids, Zachary, age 7, and Elijah, age 5, with his husband, David Furnish, uh, so that's who we'll be spending time with. Well, uh, yes. And but before that, he will head out on one final tour, aptly named the Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour, <laughs> because of course that's what it's called. Of course it is. It will last more than three hundred dates, 
on five different continents, beginning with the U.S. in this September and ending in 2020. Yep. He says, quote, when I stop, they're going to be 10 and 8, his kids. And that's a very important time in their lives. Yeah, apparently uh, he made the decision after he went to do a school interview. And he realized that this is an important time in his kid's life. And he wants to be there as a father rather than being on tour and seeing them, like, twice a month or something. I mean, it's it's, it's smart. Uh, But he also says that it's also a physical thing. Uh, he will, of course, continue making music, recording, and uh, uh, musicals, another love of his. Um, but he can't physically do all the traveling like he used to, as he says, when he was 16 in the back of a van. Yeah. There's That's a, a neat little, little thing there. Yeah. He's, yes. he's, he's not a bright sprite anymore. Believe he's, it or not, Elsa John was once 16. I know that's hard <laughs> to believe. He's been, like, old my entire life. Yeah, he's been old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, he's been old since I've been alive. I don't associate, I never associated him as being a young guy. So, yeah. Ugh. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, also old. Pearl Jam. Yes. They're not young anymore either. They're a lot younger than no, but John, I, I'd rather not have a picture of Pearl Jam. <laughs> Pearl Jam, uh, the iconic Seattle bass band, of course, will pay, play two shows at Safeco Field in August, pledging $1 million to Seattle area homeless initiatives. Good for them. Show marks the first time in five years that they have played in their hometown of Seattle. The band has issued a challenge, also, to everyone, including the 100,000 fans expected to pour in from all over the world, a goal of raising a minimum $10 million toward homelessness initiatives. Homelessness initiatives. It's hard to say. Across the city and in King County this year. Yep. So they not only want to pony up money, they want you to pony up money right, and help but, out the cops. But they're also doing it by putting up a million dollars from the band itself. Yeah. Uh, this is also a conjunction with the mayor of Seattle, uh, who cool. is a part of the, uh, the big fundraiser as well. There will be two dates uh, for this event in Seattle. Yeah. So if you're a big Pro Jam fan or if you want to help the homeless... Now's your chance to do both. This is great. <laughs> like, I don't love a lot of Pearl Jam's music, but I, I've always respected them a whole lot. They're, yeah. They really stand with their principles. They always have. Yeah. Like, they uh, were the ones back in the day, like, being like, we're not going to do, like, any, like, music videos for MTV, like, over-the-top ones. We're just going to do, like, concert ones. Right. Just because you're on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, they, they've always been, like... Like pretty, they've always been like, no, we're not gonna like let uh, advertisers use our music in their ads. Like they've always really stood by their word, and uh, they've always been good about like this stuff, like giving back to the community. So this is really cool. Yeah, and uh, just a reminder that last year at this time they were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, so they yeah, have that uh, also you see a Rock uh, Hall of Fame. Not bad. Yeah. Moving into another uh, community, uh, which is uh, giving back, actually in this case. Yes. The Boston Public Library will this is be a fun story. <laughs> digitizing over 200,000 pieces of vinyl that were discovered in their basement. Yeah. <laughs> they did some spring cleaning and they found some stuff. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, through a partnership with the Digital Library Internet Archive, these records are getting a second life after being tucked away in the storage of the library's central branch. The vinyl collection is a wide-ranging assortment of, I think you mean pop. What? what, what yes. Yeah, pop. It's supposed to be pop. <laughs> it's a sort of a pap. <laughs> Whatever it is, you didn't like it. 
So there's all this pap in there. Uh, pop, jazz, spoken word, and classical, ranging from the early 1900s all the way to the 1980s. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, when they do do the digitizing of the song, they're going to do it with keeping all the hiss and uh, di- distortion in it. Yeah, because that's the way it's meant to be heard, man. Well, no, actually, it's just... Well, I thought that's exactly what they said. Yeah. That the way it's going to be heard is with all the um, static uh, and everything else cool. run into it. Cool. Uh, one of the fun things about this is that <laughs> for some reason they had two vinyls of New Kids on the Block <laughs> out in their collection. Sure. Well, they, they did have a bunch of hits. Yes. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Moving on out of music into video games. Yes. And big releases have come. New releases. We're finally here. 2018 is here because two major games come out this week. First up is Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Yes. Your big new Arc System Works fighting game featuring everyone's favorite Dragon Ball characters. And by that, I literally mean everyone. They have updated, including the Super roster, including what is currently going on in the Japanese version. I did not add this to our game our Gamefly queue because it's a fighting game. Oh, oh, you don't need to add this to our And to I'm terrible at these things. Uh, so so I. I didn't bother. Uh, I'm sure people will love it who are into this kind of thing. Currently, it has an 88 on yeah. Metacritic. So, uh, and there's actually uh, some talks about them using this game in fighting tournaments. Yeah. Which would be a first for any Dragon Ball game. But just the fact that it's even being discussed Tells cool. you how good this game is. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That will be on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Right. Also this week, uh, what we plan on playing some a uh, bit of Monster Hunter Worlds, which is uh, also on PS4 and Xbox One, which is a brand new Monster Hunter game kind of made for a modern audience. Right. It's supposed to kind of lessen the amount of weird weirdness and jank that the series is kind of known for. <laughs> Less Japanese, more things. action. Yeah, streamline some things, introduce some more like refined elements, but still retaining that Monster Hunter charm. So uh, that's coming out this week. You also have indie game Celeste coming out on Xbox One and uh, Switch. You have Zero Gunners 2 coming out on Switch. Super One More Jump, which is a good name for a game. On Switch and Dissidia Final Fantasy NT on your PlayStation and Xbox One, which I believe is an ex- like kind of a remaster of the yes. Dissidia fighting game. Yeah, not only that, but they also included a lot of new characters from the uh, recent Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> Got well. it. Okay. And uh, UFC 3 for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Yep, get your uh, UFC game on. I think UFC. they had it last year as well. But, you know, new, new edition oh. because EA. All right, Microsoft it made a big announcement, which making got a play. Really interesting. Yeah, making a play here, uh, doing a thing that we almost kind of pseudo predicted last year. Yeah, last season, uh, when we talked about their Game Pass service. Oh, sorry, we're moving into news now. I should have mentioned. Oh that. yes, this is news. Uh, but yeah, uh, the 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 Game Pass will now be upgraded to offer new Xbox exclusive games, not just old ones, new ones, and not just new. Same day release. For the same one low monthly price. You can uh, soon play Xbox exclusive games like the soon to be released Sea of Thieves, State of Decay 2, and Crackdown 3 with your Game Pass on the same day that it's released. The pass is only $10 a month plus access to over 100 Xbox One and Xbox 360 games. So, here's my thoughts about this. 
I don't have two minds of this thing. Yeah, me too. I think we're on the same That might lines. as well be the, the Media Boat Podcast trademark. We're, all, we're all two minds about these things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, this is good. I think this is an important move to uh, move to the future. I think offering these this kind of new games as like a, like in a subscription model is very cool and is uh, one of the things I was kind of hoping Microsoft would do with the service. The downside is is that it's Microsoft doing this and not I don't know Sony. Yeah. Because the exclusives here are not as lucrative. And are fewer and far between. That's where I'm of it. They're not enough of these games that I'm looking forward to on Xbox. And they're not to the quality that some of the other exclusives on the other platforms are. Right, because these because they're coming out Microsoft exclusive games on this service, there's not a whole lot that I'm really looking forward to in terms of exclusives. Like, Sea of Thieves seems cool. Yes. I'm willing to at least give it a chance and see uh, what that thing is. Uh, same with Crackdown. And they did say a new Gears would also be coming out for this. That could be all right. But uh, but my and I think with Crackdown 3 is, like, I love the first Crackdown. Mm-hmm. But all they've shown of Crackdown 3 just looks like Crackdown 2. And I didn't really care for Crackdown 2. So we'll see. I'm at a wait and see with Crackdown Three. Right well, now. that's actually their hope with this is that people will more people will play <coughs> the new games. Yeah. Hopefully, more people to either go out and buy the new games. I mean, this is kind of compelling, especially for like what we do yes. here on the Media Vote Podcast. I think it would be very realistic if we uh, for us to sign up for this kind of thing down the line. If they do like make it enough of these new releases to make to warrant that. I'm curious whether they uh, are doing this just for AAA box retail releases, or if this will also, uh, like their smaller indie releases. Like well. either Cuphead or PUBG. Something like that, yeah. Not like, like uh, or like future indie releases too. Like, right. if they do that, where like everything is available on Game Pass, then maybe that's compelling. It would definitely get me to at least invest in yeah. one. Whether or not I use it would be another yeah, thing. The tricky thing is having to pony up ten dollars every month for months that may not have anything. Yes. I mean we already do that from Gamefly. But <laughs> right. so, no. But here's the thing though, is that just like with uh PlayStation Plus, where we already pay fifty bucks a month for free games per month. Yeah. Uh with with this adding another ten, if two of those games are worth it. Then it covers it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's a tricky one. Uh, we'll see whether or not that's enough um, of a selling point for this Right. Thing. The other thing is just that it's Xbox. We barely turn on the Xbox but anymore. that's the thing is that this is their play to get people to be turning their Xboxes on. Yeah. And it could work. I mean, <laughs> the Game Pass is good uh, for what it is right now. If you haven't played those games, and if you don't mind the down-res graphics. It's just so sad that all I want is Sony to do this now. I know. I just want Sony to do this, because it would be amazing. Which is funny, because <laughs> Sony has it all set up through PlayStation now. The difference, though, and I wanted to kind of... Why I didn't say one of the words you have written down in your, in your word here. You have, the, you have written down the word stream, which is not what Microsoft is doing with Game Pass. Game Pass, including the new releases, will be a download, not streaming. Oh, it is to- yeah. Game Pass download. Game Pass, everything okay. Game Pass is download. They're not doing any streaming. Okay. However, PlayStation Now is just streaming. 
Right. And, and that's, that's where I got that is the issue. Yeah. Is that I kind of don't want them to add that stuff to PlayStation now because I don't want to stream that stuff. The downloads actually are more lucrative because that's a game that's actually like physically on your hard drive. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to worry about internet speed like ruining your, like giving you lag or anything. So yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see how this plays out, but it's interesting. It's definitely an This is definitely play. good news and a good move for Microsoft. Potentially. Potentially. But we'll see where it goes. Yes. Moving on to Facebook. Yep. They have announced and that they e-sports will be... leagues, They're actually. going eSports, guys. Yes, they've announced that they will be the main broadcast partner for the highest level of eSports competition, which includes the CSGO Pro League and the ESL One Circuit, with full English and Portuguese. Yes, I, okay. really, I thought it was that they mentioned Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah, specifically English and Portuguese. So I saw a story on, uh, about this on the internet that... Seemed really loaded. Like, I think it was Kotaku's story or something I, like that. I the same Where it was story. like, oh, does this mean the end of Twitch? Like, God, no, no, it doesn't. No. Anyways, what this actually is is that, yes, Facebook will um, uh, be, it'll be called Facebook Watch, and it will be a... a, a, a well, a, Facebook Watch is what it is right now. Yeah. You know, with Part the, of with, Facebook Watch. Yeah, with the, you know, Lamar Ball ads that you keep getting bombarded with, <laughs> that's Facebook Watch. <laughs> Never lost. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never dry. But yes, yeah, so <laughs> Facebook Watch is currently a thing. They're trying to get more people to use it. Uh, and this is actually a good way for people to do it. Um, also, one of the good things about this is that you can chat with whoever you want in private chats, uh, yeah. including your friends, which I think is... Really innovative and something they should definitely capitalize on. That could be cool, yeah. So yeah, it can connect to uh, paid existing Facebook pages of teams, players, and talents. Platform will stream at 1080p, 60 frames per second, and will have VR capabilities for its two billion monthly active users. That's on Facebook. Yes. Uh, you can, uh, like you said, you can switch between general chat and private chat with groups of friends who are watching the broadcast. It will start with Dota Two at ESL One Get One Genting. I don't know what that is. Uh, that, that's the official name of the tournament. Uh, 2018 from January 23rd to 28th, which is happening right now. Yes, it happened yesterday. <laughs> and CSGO Pro League Season 7, which will be on February 13th. Yes. So non-stop content coming your way. Yep. So uh, if you like esports, uh, Facebook. They got your got your number over there. Yep. Apparently, uh, Mark Zuckerberg sees something in esports that most people don't. Uh, yeah. And that is Taller Signs. Dollars, 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 dollars. Dollars, dollars, yes. Activision. Speaking of dollar size. Another giant company, Activision. Yes, Activision Blizzard, I think they're officially called. The CEO, Eric Hirschberg, is leaving the company. Yeah, after... Open your mouth when you say that. What? I don't know. I mean, just Hirschberg is just very, Hirschberg. Just very close now. Hirschberg. <laughs> yeah. Eric Hirschberg <laughs> is leaving the company after eight years with his when his contract ends on March 31st. 2018. Eric leaves with Call of Duty as the top video game franchise for the ninth year in a row yep. in America. Surprise. And the eighth globally. Activision Blizzard is actively conducting a search for the next CEO. However, Destiny 2 seems to be struggling. Yes. Uh, so both uh, uh, Destiny and uh, Call of Duty are their two big games coming out of Activision uh, because you know Blizzard has their own thing going on with Overwatch. Uh, but they're currently looking for a new CEO to run their to run everything. Uh, whether or not they stick with just pull someone from Blizzard or pull from from the outside. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I could see somebody from the outside from here. I, I don't think they need anything. I think they've been doing a pretty good job of keeping the, Act- the Activision side separate from the Blizzard side. Yeah. That I don't think they'll pull anybody from over there. Uh, on. They made most of them from sledgehammers over. Yeah. I can see that happening. And lastly, our last story for video games is <laughs> a funny one. Yes. So we finally have a, a release date for the PlayStation 4 reboot of God of War. Ba-ba-ba-ba. God of War's final story trailer has also dropped. It gives a look at what's to come and when can we when we can expect the game. The game will not have any season pass. Uh, those are done, at least for the Sony's first party stuff. Yep. Kratos will grace your PlayStation 4 on April 20th. 420. 420, guys. Yes. This is a soft reboot, as it takes Kratos through Norse mythology. Director Corey Barlog recently went through another playthrough. He was totally biased by calling it awesome <laughs> and amazing. Yes. I saw I saw the th- same uh, blog post you did. I, I think it also said something like it's his favorite or like his, his most anticipated release date of a game he's ever worked on yep. and all this gushing stuff about how it's going to be the best thing ever. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yes. 420 for yep. God of War. Not uh, dad of War because dad of War. is a dad and no longer angry, you know, until the kid eventually does oh, he'll get be angry. killed. He'll be angry. Or, or the dad dies and thus the kid becomes the new God of War. Something. I feel one of those characters is gonna die at some point. Well, we'll find out in April. Oh, I will, oh yes, I will definitely be uh, watching that in April. I'll definitely be streaming that in April. In fact, I may even get the ultimate <coughs> edition of that thing. Maybe uh, because God of War is one of my favorite series. I got uh, when God of War three came out. I got the ultimate edition with the uh, Pandora box, and I was not <laughs> disappointed with that thing. When you opened up Pandora's box, did everything go crazy? Uh, yes, I just let loose the gates of hell. Yeah, I bet. I've never played a God of War game. Do we? Because I never had a PlayStation until uh, now. Those aren't compatible with the PS4. I know, we can stream it. Uh, we, or we get the collection. Nah, I don't know. Yeah. Alright, well, what we will stream, however, is more media about podcasts, but not tonight. No. That will do it for the show. So, uh, if you want to hear more of us, you can tune in next Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, where we will be um, a little bit more subdued, because one of us may or may not be able to talk. <laughs> Very elegant. Good, good job. Uh, but but we'll figure it out next week. But it will be a new show, so do not worry. Do not fret. We will be back. Yes, uh, I'll Streaming be live uh, on YouTube. Just search YouTube uh, for our channel, Media Book Podcast. Yes, I'll be us. in bed rest for <laughs> a week, which means I'll have plenty of time to stream some games. That'll be good. Or on our Twitch channel, Media Boat. Uh, you can catch us more this episode and episodes just like it right here on YouTube. It's true. Media Boat. Uh, just search Moon Evo Podcast, podcast. And you'll find us um, also uh, you can find our audio version of the podcast on Apple Podcasts and wherever catcher that you use your podcast for uh, you can also uh, find us streaming video games every once in a while on twitch.tv slash media boat yep. you can find us on social media we're all over the place we're on twitter at, at media boat cast we're on facebook just search media boat podcast find our page there you can find us also on uh, or the website. We have a website. Our website, where we post news, we post thoughts, we post box office numbers, we post new releases every Friday, all sorts of business. 
on MediaAboutPodcast.com. And if you like all of the, the above and you want to see more of it, you can donate to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash MediaBoat is where you can go to donate as little as a dollar a, a month to help us out with money to make this stuff even better and maybe get exclusive content yourself. Why not? Give it a yeah, try. Yeah, uh, so yeah, that'll do it for this week. We will be back, like I said, next week for um, more. Yep. Uh, you... I won't be seeing any movies even though... No. Uh, yeah, we, I'll be out. Uh, like we said, next week I'll be have my tonsillectomy. I may not be talking as much as I am right now. But we'll uh, see. But I should be able to at least say one or two words. If not, tune in on our YouTube channel. Well, I'll be writing down everything. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Dylan video up in here. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. All see right, ya. Bye. Bye.